1: Supercoach Gold users, as we say, already have access to their teams ahead of the new season. Uh, Donnie, my boy, thank you very much. Uh, NRL underscore Don, if you're here and you haven't followed the NRL underscore Don yet, do so now. Uh, Looking forward to teaming up with uh, the Don closer to the season getting underway. We're going to talk NRL Supercoach draft primarily. uh, And in doing so, hopefully pass on some knowledge or some tips uh, who will go pick one Tom Travojevic Is it a lock uh, you think so Season 2022 Plenty of interest In the classic game as well um, Plenty of questions Coming through the DMs In the last couple of days To show us uh, My team as such I guess A uh, little bit of Word of warning Will reveal our team In full Closer to kick off As we say It's probably changed 10 to 15 20 times already uh, Since we first Put it together uh, Some weeks ago When it opened up Closer to Christmas uh, big question, though, is are we starting with Cleary or Turbo or both? Um, as we say, if you're listening to this now on the live stream, we'll put this up on the podcast tonight as well. Uh, Cleary or Turbo or both for mine, without going too far into it, I think I've made some comments in the past that it is going to be hard to uh, play with Tom Travojevic from round one. He's just priced so damn high. Um 143 average, I think, going off uh, the spreadsheet here and obviously his record. Will he maintain that? It's going to be tough. I think the first uh, three weeks, uh, two of the first three weeks are really, really hard games. uh, Round one at Penrith against the Panthers. Then they go to Gosford to take on the Roosters uh, up there on the Central Coast. Easier game round three back against the Bulldogs. So uh, he might have some points to make up Tom Travojevic. Uh, As for Cleary, though, Will you play round one? Your guess is probably as good as mine at this point. Um, but in saying that, I think <laughs> what you miss out with Cleary by not starting him from round one, it's going to be very, very hard to get him in uh, in the rounds after that. When can we start adding players to our teams here from Noah Buxton? Pretty good question. I think the game opens up to the general public if you're not a Supercoach Gold user as of, uh, I think it's closer to Australia Day. Um, so about a week from today as we record this, Wednesday the 19th of January. Um, BKR Sport as well. I mentioned follow the NRL Don. If you're not following BKR Sport, get around him on Instagram, primarily a YouTuber though. Um, He gets around it and he uh, does lots of live stream content, not only NRL. Um, but if you're following over the summer as well, NBA, cricket, BBL, whatever it is, uh, BKR Sport has you covered if you're sitting at home and uh, want to listen to some words of insight. Uh, another question as well, what are we doing at the, at the hooker slot? Harry Grant, obviously uh, the best pick in terms of the most expensive, but news of Jaden Braley going down uh, means that the cheapy option subtly opens up with Chris Randall. Is Randall a must-have? Uh, at this point, I'd probably say yes. Obviously, we don't know what his uh, minutes looks like and how that works in with Kurt Mann and maybe even Phoenix Crossland getting a run at uh, number nine as well, or at least sharing that dummy half sort of role. Um, but what that works out to be, I guess we'll find out come round one. We saw last year with Connor Watson in that 13-roll rotating with uh, Sawaso Su as well out of dummy half, and uh, that was a headache at times uh, if you were uh, a Connor Watson fan and needing him to get points. Uh, Jackson Hastings here. Uh, I'll answer that question in a sec, just wrap up this one on the dummy halves. Uh, Harry Grant for mine, I think, he, I think he's missing round one, um, but he comes back round two and all going to plan. I think you just pick him and it's a set and forget at dummy half because it is uh, such a, a position that is just limited. Um, I speak of halfbacks having not many options in terms of uh, prolific scorers and guns, if you want to use that term. But Harry Grant, he is every bit a gun. Thoughts on Jackson Hastings. Look, we made a post uh, talking our 2022 recruit series some time ago. And I think Hastings can probably average around 52 to 55. Now, he did that when he was a 17 – sorry, back in 2016 or 17, whenever it was, when he played for the Roosters as their halfback, the primary playmaker – I think he was just 22 years of age at that stage before he went on to Manly, and obviously we know his uh, fallout there. Uh, Hastings at the Tigers. Look, it's going to be interesting, isn't it, Um, the role that Luke Brooks plays while Adam Dewey's out injured with his ACL recovery, although some good news that Dewey is on the mend four months post-surgery back running as of yesterday. So, um, yeah, looking looking like Hastings might slot in there with a starting role to start the season. Uh, He'll probably kick goals as well, so 380k, on the Supercoach game, if you are playing uh, with, I'm gonna say a mid-range player at that backup slot, at backup five-eighth and Hastings, you probably could do worse. Uh, For what it's worth, I've gone to cheapy in that slot uh, for now, Um, but Hastings has been in and out of my sort of mock uh, draft classic teams. Uh, to start the year already. Some other questions coming in here. Appreciate this. BKR Sport, already mentioned him. He says, is Fafita worth the money he will be on? I'm going to rely on you for Supercoach this season. Mate, let's get it on. Uh, You're all about streaming. Uh, Obviously, this is our first venture and some hiccups at the start there. But BKR Sport, if you want to run some Supercoach content, more than happy to uh, make it happen this season. To answer your question, is Fafita worth the money? Look, you could probably sort of try to build a team around for feeder. For mine, though, he scored something like 17 or 18 tries last year. Is that sustainable from a back rower? Uh, maybe not. Um, for mine, I think it's, it's pretty incredible. He's that sort of player, though, where he just makes stuff happen. So, you know, his attacking stats are going to be up there. I think he probably hovers around the 600 to 650K mark. Uh, eventually, he'll probably settle around that price point at some stage of the season. But uh, can you start off with him at 750k thereabouts and make money? I'm going to say no. Priced at an 85 average. And that's not saying that's his peak, but if you're hitting 85, you're playing good footy. Um, he's going to be playing good footy. We know that. But can he be scoring 17 tries, which has propped up those scores throughout most of the last season? Uh, I'm going to say he doesn't score 17 tries. He might score... 14 15 uh, even then that's a handy return from a back row I think but I only scored 12 tries last year and he's arguably the best center winger in the game some other questions here Billy G G 7 says grant or Munster for classic I don't know why you say or I guess you think one's going to take points away from the other uh, I'd say if I had to pick between the two I'd go Harry grant I think Cameron Munster at 5'8", maybe slightly overpriced. He looks fit, and there's this constant talk that you know he's going to have a breakout year. I hope he does for his own sake, but I think, Grant, you know what you're going to get. is explosive. He links well with Ryan Pappenhausen around the ruck. Brandon Smith scored a st- stack of tries last year from dummy half. I think Grant has potential to do the same if he has the right minutes and, and a similar sort of want to score tries close to the line. Uh, so to answer that question, Harry Grant for mine. Uh, some other questions here coming through um, from the Instagram live stream. We'll also pick out some from the DMs as well. Front row forwards, what are we doing there? Uh, is Payne hard set and forget? Now, I was listening to the Supercoach Experience Podcast. Uh, they had their first episode last week. It came out. They chatted all things hooker and front row forwards as well. So uh, if you want to, I guess, have a deep dive – Uh, Today or you've got some free time tonight to listen to that, check that out. And uh, no better advice to listen to than uh, last year's champion, Tim Moody, who he thinks at $595,000, Payne Haas can only make money, which is uh, pretty phenomenal to think. So as it is, I'm taking on his advice. Um, Tim Moody's advice, that is, the champ. Uh, You're not ranked uh, number one. Uh, if you don't know how to play the game. So Payne Hustle Mine, he's currently in my team. And again, it's sort of that position. Do you run the risk of going cheap or mid-range at the front row forwards, hoping to make some cash at the expense of dropping points? I think you have to weigh it up yourself. Are you playing for points or are you playing for cash early? Uh, Benjamin Robinson says, My internet has decided to go shit. Fair enough. Where can I watch this after? Uh, we're not going to post the video after, but we will post the podcast on the podcast uh, stream. So uh, wherever you get it, you can search supercoach 365 to listen later. Back to the front rowers, before we come back to a couple of other questions here on the live stream. Uh, pain, asks mine, yes. And how are we playing around that? Well, there's a couple of options. I went mid-range and, and sort of tried to be cheap and cute last year with Toby Rudolph. Um, didn't work. Kind of flucked up and down. Got to a point where you just had to sort of bite the bullet. He made some cash, but not maybe as much cash as I'd wanted to. Uh, and for now, without revealing too many players on this, because we're going to reveal our uh, team in the build-up to the season as we get closer to kickoff for round one. Uh, but for now, Christian Welch, I made a post the other day um, saying he averaged 59 points per game last year overall over the course of the season. But where he played more than his season average minutes, which was 52 off the top of my head, I think he played more than 52 minutes on eight or in eight games and he, sc- he averaged uh, 64 points per game in those eight games. So it just shows you with even just a slight uptick in minutes and in those games uh, as well. I don't think he was scoring tries. I think he scored one try this uh, last year against the Bulldogs. He scored 100 plus that game, but it, that was actually less than 52 minutes. So that 100 plus score didn't even come into this calculation uh, of the 64 points per game uh, average that is. So Christian Welch for mine with the question marks around uh, Sofa Solomona, will he play this year uh, given his vaccination status and Tui Kamakamitha's off-field dramas as well. There is going to be some value in the storm forwards, I feel. Christian Welch is one of them. Now I know some people, some players uh, were burned by Christian Welch last year at that front row forward slot because we all thought well, they all thought Whoever ran Christian Welch All thought That he was going to get 55, 60, 65 minutes Easily per game uh, Without much fuss Wasn't the case I think as I said He averaged 52 minutes per game uh, In the end You might have felt Like you got burnt By Christian Welch I think if you're picking this year you, I don't think you'll feel like that At the season's end uh, 59 points per game He's averaged last year I think he'll improve that This year to be honest uh, question here, Pat Salby via Instagram Live says, with so many high-scoring CTWs last year, do you think it will be the same this year? Now, this is probably one of the questions that will shape a lot of um, people's draft leagues, uh, and we're keen to catch up with the re- weekly rubdown guys, and I see them on the uh, stream here now. We're going to chat all things draft. I'm going to do a set of six where we're going to kind of break down the uh, – and I guess initially the first episode will be – uh, the guns or the top 20 and the key questions, the set of six around that and what that looks like and uh, obviously working our way down from first pick to uh, where do you pick the, the CTWs like your Garrick's, like your top Oz. Will we see the high scores again? I don't know. Personally, I don't know, but I feel like towards the back end of last year, the footy sort of tightened up a little bit and maybe scores, Supercoach scores didn't lessen, but I feel, again, this is just my feel of the game. I feel like those lesser teams were sort of brought back into it by the rule changes. We might have seen a little bit more of that uh, in the final series. And when I say lesser teams, I mean teams that, you know, traditionally over the course of the last season were getting uh, spanked a little bit. Um, Dan Hahn on the uh, on the stream. But those, those teams that were getting uh, spanked a little bit uh, throughout the course of the season, I think the gap between 6th and 12th this year will be a little bit more condensed. I still think there's an out-and-out out bottom maybe – four or five teams um, and there's a big four as well so we're going to have that divide but I think the divide between sort of that you know mid-tier of the top eight and uh, mid-tier of the, the bottom eight you could say I think that, that gap is going to be uh, significantly lesser this year so the C2Ws, how will they fare? To answer your question in a roundabout way I don't think they'll score as well this year I still think they'll score pretty well um, Garrick and to- obviously the leading contenders there Billy uh, underscore GG7 asks again, thoughts on Curran as a pod? Yeah, look, I love it. And currently, um, I can make every case to have Curran in my team for round one. Where he goes in draft leagues, I'm not too sure because obviously there's that um, question mark over his place in the team ongoing uh, once Tohu Harris comes back in. Tohu did his ACL pretty late on in the season though. Uh, So he's probably not expected to be back for some time. But in saying that, I feel like um, Curran has every opportunity to make that edge spot his own, or if it is the lock spot, his own to start the year. Uh, the Warriors' middles are pretty beefy in terms of uh, Lodge and AFB and the minutes that they can play. Uh, but so too is Curran. And his work rate to finish last season was incredible, really. Um, it just seemed everywhere the ball was, Josh Curran was there, either right beside it or with it in his hand. So. Uh, yeah, for mine, Curran, I love it to start the year. I just want to bring up the Warriors' fixtures here quickly before I move on past Curran. But for mine, I think we did a draw analysis post uh, last week and the Warriors, by our calculations, uh, had the easiest first month. Now, I know that the Warriors an easy, uh, there's no such thing. But uh, to start the year, their first month, the Dragons at home, I think that's at uh, Redcliffe Stadium, uh, the Titans away, so on the Gold Coast, not travelling too far out of their Queensland base. Then they've got the Tigers away, followed by the Broncos at home. So only one game out of uh, Queensland that first month, and that's against the Tigers away. Um, so, look, you could have worse starts to the year for mine. Josh Curran, I think that he's every chance of scoring tries. And we know that sort of uh, Sean Johnson loves hitting He's, he's big fella short, close to the line. We've seen it with uh, Britton Nakora in the past um, when he was at the Sharks. So, Josh Curran, to answer your question, yes, I love it for round one. Lockie Holmes, Luke Curry or Sam Walker? I think... Uh, to answer your question a lot of that depends on who's kicking goals for the Roosters round one if it is Sam Walker maybe you make a case uh, going Walker over Kiri but at the price I think Kiri and obviously coming back off an ACL gets that injury uh, compensation Uh, but for mine I think it's just Kiri I think Kiri's combination with Tedesco is just better quite simply than what Walker's is Kiri's the main man now um, has his chance to show it. We saw it to start last season, that Kiri Tedesco combination, how lethal it could be. I just think of that game uh, out at Campbelltown Stadium last year where the Roosters put 50 on the Tigers. And I know it's the Tigers, and I can't keep beating up on the Tigers, but it was the way that they went about their work, uh, which was really, really impressive for mine. Kiri was instrumental in that. Kiri over Sam Walker for mine. Uh, Brody Copeland asks, who's your 2RF? At the moment, I'm leaning towards TPJ, Murray, and Maddow. Not sure on Maddow. Yeah, look, I can't argue or can't disagree with TPJ and Murray. Uh, Won't reveal it in full, as we say. Kind of going to build this up and go through our uh, team-by-team previews, our positional previews. And as it is, 50 days out, I do have TPJ in the team. I think he is uh, set for a a massive year, Um, TPJ. We saw what he could do in a quality system uh, at the Panthers to finish – 2021. not saying that the Bulldogs squad is as good as the Panthers squad last year. In fact, I'm, I'm going to say the complete opposite. But uh, TPJ, excuse me, uh, with some quality halves around him. And you'll have that with Burton on his inside playing down the Bulldogs left um, for mine. So TPJ, yes, all over it. Ken Murray, you know what you're going to get from Murray. Uh, I think I was doing the numbers last night. He's probably tipped to average around 70, 72. Um the question with Murray is he's probably not going to make you money. So if you're playing for money early on, maybe go without um, Cam Murray. Rabideaus have a really, really tough start to the year. Away to the Broncos, away to the Storm, uh, home back to uh, Accor Stadium at uh, Sydney Olympic Park, formerly ANZ Stadium to take on the Roosters. Not not an easy game, that one. Uh, and then the Panthers away. So I think statistically as well, I spoke before about the the draw, and the statistical analysis around the draw to start the year the Warriors had the easiest first four weeks the Rabbitohs had the worst first four weeks and in fact that four week block was the worst four week block of any team throughout the course of the season so Kemari, yes long term but if you're sticking or if you're picking with him early you've got to stick with him through the course of the season because he may lose some cash at that first and second price uh, flux but Again, if you're playing for uh, for points, then over the course of the season, I think that evens up. A couple of more here uh, before we wrap this up. We've been going for twenty odd minutes now, and uh, for those who've joined late, we will put this up on the Supercoach three six five podcast, uh, so you can listen back to this later. If you're watching live now on Instagram, Manly uh, underscore Central say is Cleary set and forget, or could you go with Akiri or Sexton to start and move to and try move rather to try get Cleary later. Uh, for mine, look, I've tried the Sexton teams. I've tried the uh, Kiri teams. Actually, I've got Kiri at six, as it currently is uh, on the record. So uh, I won't be mucking around with Kiri at seven. Sexton there, yeah, I wouldn't be running him as my primary half. Titans have an okay start to the year. It's probably one of the better first months. But um, what that looks like for Sexton ongoing over the course of the season, the question is, is you're going to have to burn two trades to get to Cleary? Because. Sexton's not going to make enough cash and Cleary's not going to lose enough cash to go the straight swap. So if you're building your team from round one and you're already factoring in two trades to get to Cleary, for mine it's just a case of, well, why are you doing that? Um For me as well, just the the pure depth in the halfback slot is is just says just just pick Cleary and don't worry about it. I mean, he may lose some cash over the course of, you know, the opening uh, you know, month or month and a half. But if you're not playing with Cleary and your team by round six, uh, you know, why are you playing? So uh, for mine, it's pretty tough to go past Cleary uh, from round one, just set and forget. If he loses hundred K after a month, he'll probably make it back after two or three. Another question here from Pat uh, Salby asks thoughts on Justin Olam felt like he was very consistent and flew under the radar last year. Yeah, absolutely. Pat, um, I mean, he was arguably centre of the year last year, or if he wasn't, was he? I can't remember how that all played out in the end with the, with the Daly M's. But um, yeah, he was, he was really good. In terms of his super coach relevance, I feel like it's really hard to get a gauge on the Storm and what that back line looks like. A lot of that will depend on uh, the wingers outside them as well. Uh, Pappenhausen back, I think, helps. Olam. Um, To be fair, I haven't really looked at uh, Olam as an option because, I mean, generally players of his kind sit around that mid-range price, which for mine I try and avoid um, to start the year at least. Might bring one of those guys in middle of the year if they're going to make a stack of cash if they've had a good run. But Justin Olam, yeah, probably falls into that basket. You say underrated there, but it's probably because his good work goes unnoticed because there's just so much star power, so much quality, Around him, I've already mentioned Pappenhausen, but Munster's set for a big year, like we've already suggested. Uh, Hughes took his game to another level last year. Harry Grant back in his preferred position, playing more minutes. Justin Olam, look, I don't think you can go wrong with the storm over the course of the season, but as we say, from day one or from the first, um, you know, I guess from the first lockout, are you playing with Justin Olam? Not for mine, but if you want to go that way, absolutely, I feel uh, go for it as much as you like. Uh, Mason Kearney Kearney, uh, asks, best cash cows? Now, this is going to be a question which keeps popping up as we get closer to kickoff and one which will be easier to answer as we get closer to kickoff as well because um, I think trial footy is where we'll decide where the best cash cows are. Excuse me. Um, And we'll get that closer to, um, I guess, round one. But... For what it is at the moment, I think there's probably some value there in uh, the front row slot. There's probably not too much depth in, in the cash cow, at the second row. Um, I think the Broncos, Pierre Cura, uh, forgive me if I've got that pronunciation wrong, but um, he'll be in a lot of teams. I know that uh, Lachlan Elias, 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 I think, from uh, the Rabbitohs, he'll be owned 55% as was Sam Walker last year around that same price range. Uh and Ben Travojevic, I think, is another one, which you'll see in most teams to start here. Where Benny Turbo falls into the uh, Manly, I guess, run on 17, I don't know. Tommy Gibbs, 98, he joins us. He might know. Um, Tommy, if you've got any mail where Benny Turbo's at, feel free to uh, hit the DMs. Clarkey Sports Column, great to have you here, Clarkie. Uh, look forward to doing more with you in Season 2022 as well. The Supercoach Experience boys have joined. Uh, give you guys a wrap. As I said, uh, if you joined the stream a little bit earlier, uh, go check out their podcast. They've gone through uh, the hookers and the front row forwards uh, ahead of the new season, reflecting on the year just gone, and they were joined by the champ, Tim Moody, um, who provided some great insight there as well. They say Benny Turbo is that Manly. Absolutely, he's that Manly. But where's he playing, boys? Is he going to get a start? Um if, it is, if he is getting a start, where is it? Is it in the centres, in the back row? Where can we expect to see Benny Turbo? Coming through the junior reps, you'll often hear me talk about junior reps. Um, he was a gun, and they say he looks like Tom plays like Jake, but he's sort of that hybrid between the two, to be fair, and I don't want to set expectations on Ben Turbo, and it's easy to say that you know the next one's always better than the ones we've got in the, in the Trevojevic family, but um, yeah, I think Des has done well in terms of not bringing him into grade too early. Um, to be honest and we, we've seen a little bit of him last year with his debut um, could have had one of the more memorable tries of last season only uh, for it to be stripped away uh, of course I'm talking about that game against the Bulldogs where they put on 60 um, but Benny Turbo definitely a star of the future and I think you'll get some minutes at some stage so at uh, dual position 188k uh, CTW W Two I think you could do worse than to start with uh, Benny Trevojevic in your squad somewhere uh, NT Outlaw asks uh, Britton Nakora in for a big one and what's the thoughts on Aiken now Britton Nakora correct me if I'm wrong but I th- is he off contract um someone might be able to google that while I'm uh, while I'm talking here but I think um look last year wasn't his best year and I think he was obviously missing his um his co-pilot there in Sean in Johnson um by his side to to get him through but um Look, I think we saw in in the New South Wales Cup a few years ago, he's a try scoring back rower. He's dominant. He plays big minutes. I don't know. I, I haven't even looked at him, to be honest, To when putting my team together for round one. Um, and in saying that, if you have, you've obviously found some reason to do so. So um, to answer the first part of your question, no. Uh, is he in for a big one? I don't know. Uh, thoughts on Aiken. Look, this is a confusing one. Um because I think he's priced as if we think he's playing in the back row. And he himself has said he's expecting to play some time or spend some time in the back row. Um, but what that looks like and how long and does he shift and why was he playing in the back row? Was it because Murdoch Massilla was, was out injured? And obviously uh, Tohu's out injured as well to start the new year, so it gives a chance to fill some minutes in the forwards. I had him in in a couple of my teams at CTW, but I just couldn't justify that spend, to be honest. Uh, Nakora is off-contract. Thanks, Manly Central. Thought so, thought as much. And you you often see players in their off-contract years take their game to another level. So he's playing for a contract, you could say, and Craig Fitzgibbon, he's got some some options to choose from down there at Cronulla. So, look, he'll impress, and he's dynamic, um, and he can score you can score tries. And I think that catches the eyes of coaches and super coaches, probably more importantly. Uh, Pat Sauby asks us here, I hope this season doesn't turn out like the BPL season. Yeah, look, um, that would be something, wouldn't it? Dealing with COVID. Sorry, excuse me. Um, dealing with COVID um, and what that looks like in terms of supercoach trades and will we have more? Will the season be put on hold? I don't know. I think they'll do everything in their powers, to be honest, to keep the season going. We saw that in... Uh, 2020, there was a brief shutdown, but they fired the game back up. And 2021, they were willing to move the game into state. And I think uh, it's the reality of it now, isn't it? That COVID, I don't think we can run from it anymore. I I don't think they will try to run from it anymore, to be fair. I think they'll have the right protocols in place to keep the game up and going. And uh, look, it might mean that we have to burn a few extra trades here and there. So, I mean, that's back to the question about starting with Cleary. I think yes, you just have to because if you don't, already you're factoring in two trades and what that looks like, do we get extra trades? Uh, does uh, the season, you know, does it come down to how many trades you've got left heading into rounds 24, 25? I left myself very short at the back end of uh, season 2021, just gone. It's hard to know what year it is, to be honest. Um, I left myself short at the uh, at the end of the season and yeah, it was... It was. Um, I think it cost me a thousand ranks. Come round twenty five, the end of. I was playing with something like eight or nine players in that final week, and it cost me a top one thousand spot. So, lesson learned early: don't burn trades, or don't set up your trade. Don't set up your team from round one thinking of trades already. Yes, it's good to target schedules early, and obviously, yes, target the cheapies to make some cash. For mine, I'm not going to leave out a gun hoping that they lose enough money that I can straight swap or burn two turbo the obvious exception there because if you build your team around turbo you're probably leaving yourself short everywhere else in saying that options like Teddy and Paps and uh you know throwing Latrell when he's back from his suspension they're probably going to score pretty close to turbo maybe not as well uh, but they are going to do some justice there a few more guys here before we wrap this up in about five minutes' time. I uh, really appreciate everyone um, coming on. Uh, some numbers here this afternoon. It's uh, only been small, but this is the first of many, I think, um, as we count down to the season. As you see on your screens, there are 50 days to go until uh, the season gets underway. So we'll do this a couple more times between now and round one. Uh, The NT Outlaw again says, cheers for the response. Not sold on Aitken, was just curious. Current is in for sure. Yeah, look, absolutely echo those sentiments. Um, I think if we were guaranteed a good four, six, seven weeks out of Aitken at second row, then, yeah, look, I'd definitely consider it. But there's just no guarantees, to be honest. And Nathan Brown has shown that he's more than happy to uh, move his troops in and out and... And juggle positions, so uh, yeah, not sold on Aiken. Pat Sowby asks Fisher Harris. Yeah, look, I think lo- losing the dual position status hurts um, Fisher Harris this year. They gets to that point, middle of the season, where you like to have a couple of dual position players with injuries, and obviously we're expecting some COVID challenges as well. Um, what that looks like. Um, come middle of the year, for what it is, I mean, I say that now. I look at this team and I've only got one dual position player uh, to beat a Pangai currently in my second row. Um, if Harris, uh, Fisher Harris, that is, was a dual position player, maybe I'd go him above Pangai just out of the consistency and, you know, you know what you're going to get. Um, but in terms of you know money or value for money and points coming from that, I've opted for Christian Welch over. Uh, James Fisher-Harris on the thinking that um, the balance of the squad is probably better off uh, that in mind and if I lose two or three points here or there probably going to get it back somewhere else and and make a bit of cash while we're at it over the course of the season as well guys I might just wrap it up there a couple of people here joining now but um, if you've missed any of this uh, from the start if you've joined late and you want to catch up on the Q&A you can do so via our podcast uh, search Supercoach365 right across uh, wherever you get your podcasts we're everywhere uh, and stay tuned as well to our socials and of course the podcast stream in the build up closer to kick off uh, Tommy's on holidays at the moment so you're wondering why I'm doing this solo Tommy, uh, Tommy's sunny himself up on the Gold Coast he's working on his tan uh, it might have been in the solarium as well um, at his resort but uh, Tommy will be back we'll do uh, team by team previews positional previews and of course uh, it'd be remiss of me to say uh, or to not say uh, we're doing the podcast again in season 2022 for topsport.com.au great to have their support uh, one last question here before we wrap it up for good uh, Randall or oh, sorry Randall for hooker Cheapy of the year and perhaps Kurt Mann playing 13 supposedly yeah look we'll deep dive into the hookers uh, in our positional previews. Uh, Randall, absolutely. I think uh, we'll do a bit of that. Um, Randall, yeah, sorry. Lost, lost my train of thought there. Randall, yeah. Tribute of the year, definitely. Uh, if he's getting 60 minutes or so, or even, you know, 55, whatever it is, we know he makes tackles. I think the Knights are going to struggle this year for what it's worth. I think they're a chance of the wooden spoon. Um, and I don't say that lightly I think they've got and I just look at the draw here I think their first 13 weeks I had down as one of the worst in terms of more more difficult Uh, I think they have the West Tigers in round 2 but beyond that I mean they've got a really tough first 6 weeks and Kalen Ponga off contract as well Um, there could be some dramas up in Newcastle way if Ponga chooses not to take up his, the option in his favour for next year. So uh, we'll talk about that in the hooker slot and Newcastle Knights maybe in a little bit more depth. Kurt Mann, yeah, look, he's maybe playing lock, but again, like we saw last year with Connor Watson, he might be named in 13 and come off the bench, and we saw that time and time again. Watson back at the Chooks, mate. Thoughts, feelings, opinions. Uh, this might be the last one for certain. Um, look, I love it, to be honest. And I think he's, he's one of those players who maybe in the last two seasons has really found his feet as a genuine utility. And I know that's hurt some players in the past and uh, Tyron Peachy springs to mind, Jack Bird springs to mind. Do you hear that term? They're a natural footy player or they're a footy player. They play eyes up footy. Sometimes that can work to your detriment. I think Tyron Peachy is probably the chief example of that. What's his position? You know, you sign Tyron Peachy, where are you going to play him? I think he played center, 5'8", hooker, Lock second row at different stages for the Titans that's just five top of my head he probably came off the bench as well at different stages and played a a roving sort of role Um, but Connor Watson to answer your question I think he's going to fit in really nicely Trent Robertson best coach in the game if not if he's not the best he's he's definitely on the podium he'll find his way for Connor Watson and I think what the Roosters have built in the last um, you know Obviously, the premiership years were the highlight, but then obviously the challenges of of the COVID year and they've got through that, the challenges of 2021 uh, with injuries and such, they overcame that. So um, I think they can only go onwards and upwards this year, the Roosters and everyone that I've spoken to, everyone I've listened to seems to feel the same as well. Guys, big thank you for joining us next live. Uh, we might communicate it a little bit earlier before we jump on, so I can give you some time to uh, plan that out and come on. Uh, as we said uh, just a little while ago, stay tuned. Plenty of podcasts coming up in the lead up to kick off. 50 days to go. Really excited to be getting back into it. Uh, until next time, until we go live again next time, and uh, we'll speak to you soon.